The other thing people can try that's so simple is just a one word answer to how do I want to feel today? Probably not going to say depressed or not motivated or sad. I mean, you're going to pick something. And again, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Something as simple as that, how you can really prime your mind to look for those moments of, I want to feel energized or motivated. everyone, Emily here coming to you from the AG studio with another installment of Hurdle Moment from Hurdle, a wellness focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential and, of course, have some fun along the way. Today, I am chatting with Mark Champagne. He is the new author of Personal Socrates, questions that will upgrade your life from legends and world-class performers. And today, we are talking about how to be mentally fit. I know that sounds like such a buzzy term, right? But it's interesting, right? Because to be mentally fit, to take care of our mental health, it requires some of the same energy that you may be putting into your physical fitness. And so Mark and I today get into that. We talk about hacks for better mental fitness, small actionable tips that you can take into account and execute on a day-to-day basis, chatting everything from journaling to breath work, mindful movement, and so much more. I loved Mark's attitude on this. It's always fun for me to record with another podcaster. Mark has his own show called Behind the Human. I definitely encourage you to check it out. But recording with another podcaster, always a breeze, always nice when we all have some good equipment in the mix. And I just really, really enjoyed his optimism and his good attitude. Mark himself has been through a fair share of hurdles, which he talks about in today's episode as well. Dealing with feeling like perhaps a lost sense of purpose and a really low hurdle moment that went hand in hand with a massive career pivot. I can't wait for you to to listen and, and hear all about that. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over on social. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at Emily Abadi. And I would love for you to get in on Hurdle's new SMS texting service. You can do that by texting the word welcome to 732 Hurdler. Again, that is texting the word welcome to 732 Hurdler. Do it right now. If you get in on that, you will get exclusive access to new deals, exciting launches, and all of the same inspiration and motivation that you love from Hurdle in your podcast feed directly in your inbox. With that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Mark Champagne. He is a speaker, an author, a, I love this term, mental fitness strategist. How are you doing today, Mark? I am 100%. Thank you for having me. I love 100%. You know, I don't know if I've been, I don't know the last time I was like truly 100%, but I feel like you could tell me that projecting that could be part of the the strategies that we're talking about mental fitness. That's what it is. If Even if I'm 90%, at least I can will myself to 100. 
Nobody cares if I'm not 100%, so I might as well be 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody else cares. I should care. Okay. All right. I'm on board with this. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. You and I are chatting leading up to the release of your new book called Personal Socrates. So tell me a little bit about what Personal Socrates is, what readers can expect if they click to buy in the show notes. (laughs) Thank you. Personal Socrates. It's I mean, it's a book of questions, essentially, and it's a it's a guidebook to help people find the questions that essentially can unlock wherever you may be or bring some more clarity or some more intentionality to how you're living and thinking. And it's questions just because we're all asking them, but we also sometimes don't ask the most quality questions or enough of them or at the right time. That's the key one. Like it has to resonate with you, right? With where you're Mm -hmm. at in your life. So that's, you know, that's why I wrote the book. It helped me uh, pull myself out of a pretty dark moment in in my life, probably where I was uh, trending towards a depression of some sort or deeper depression, I should say. And I've just, I came out of that realizing that we're all one question away from a completely different life. So let's figure out those questions. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who asks uh, who asks a lot of questions for her job, obviously this totally piqued my interest. I'd be remiss if I didn't poke at you a little bit to talk about what was going on in your life when you felt as though you were at the edge of that dark time, that that legitimate hurdle moment. Yeah, that definitely was a hurdle moment. I mean, the the stage was this. I was sitting in a co-working space in Toronto, Canada, had my laptop open. I was looking at a Apple dashboard that had the metrics for a journaling app that I had co-founded three years prior. And the number that was there that was really sticking out was this this number of App Store impressions. And it read 86.9 million people. And my next step was to hit delete from App Store. And, you know, the the business had financially failed for various reasons, but I remember just feeling like, how could we have failed at such a colossal level? You know, what would my ex-colleagues think? I left a, a well-paying job and in, in a job I was uh, doing well in and enjoy to jump into this entrepreneurial world. Uh, we had advisors, we had investors about to come on, we had all of these content collaborators and brands and people. Like, what would all of these people think having basically now I'm deleting the app and business alongside my identity for the last or for those three years prior? So that's, you know, that's what I mean when, when in, in the darkest moments, because, you know, not only was I deleting that and, and it, like I said, my identity, but it was also the first time in my life where I didn't feel like I had a plan forward. And my backup plan, which was to return to the industry that I was coming from, just didn't feel aligned anymore because I really felt lit up by this work and this mental fitness. But I just deleted the vehicle that was keeping me in the space, essentially. So, you know, what now? And uh, yeah, so I just started to spiral into questions that were dragging me into the ground or, 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 or digging me deeper and deeper into the ground until finally getting to one that pulled me out of that and remembering all the the incredible humans I you know had the pleasure of interviewing on on my podcast behind the human and it was just what do I want for my life 
not pause the narrative long enough to make a plan. Mm, what do I want for my life? It's interesting, right? Because to have 86.9 million people using this tool that you created and then still deem it unsuccessful, what happens to all of those people that are utilizing this tool to become better? Yeah, that so that that was the heaviest of the whole experience because the other thing was that in our product journey, we weren't at the place yet where we had any type of exporting features. And, you know, you're not talking about uh, like a grocery list app. You're talking about someone's journals and share, people sharing, you know, their deepest thoughts with themselves. Or there was one, or I'll never forget one mom emailed at one point um, just saying, you know, I've captured the first three months of my newborn's life in this app. And I was like, oh, it's just, you know, I took that to the stomach or the heart, I should say, really. And, you know, we made the decision as a team, even though we didn't have the feature and we were clearly out of money, that we we put together some sort of option for people to export their data. It wasn't pretty, but, you know, we um, we, we, we got something done. Um, but that was Wayne, right? That was Wayne. And at the time, it just, it, it felt, at least for me, it felt like the app was a blip on that journey. I knew there was something inside of myself and knew that I was I was going to continue, even though it felt like I had no idea what was next, but that I was going to continue that journey and continue really helping people with these practices and specifically the narrative around it, right? Opening up a whole host of different people that may not be into journaling or reflection in the in the first place. There was something there that, you know, kept me going, okay, uh, there'll be another way. I wasn't sure what it was. And here we are. I mean, we're, uh, you know, I'm on that path as we speak, but it, that was tough. That's tough when you have a lot. I mean, that, the, there weren't 80, mini, 80 million people in the app. There were definitely hundreds of thousands though. So it wasn't insignificant. Right. Right. And so tell us then what it means to quote unquote, be mentally fit. <laughs> People use the, the term mental fitness more and more now, obviously. I mean, four years ago when I was first speaking about journaling, I I started talking about it in, in this language because uh, essentially out of necessity. Because when I would speak about journaling, people were like, oh, you're talking about the 12-year-old girl who's writing her diary about the boy at school, which there's nothing wrong with that, but not necessarily. I'm talking about really big questions and how people are reflecting and and really that forget the, the definition of journaling think of the practice, which is the reflection, right. right? So I started speaking about it in mental fitness because we can all relate to physical fitness. And there's also this um, motivating kind of feel to the to, to the term, right? Because when we talk about mental health, usually there's a stigma associated to that. It usually means that we're somewhere, you know, deeper in a hole and we're trying to like get out of something versus mental fitness is like, I'm doing whatever I can to train and prime my mind that will help with my mental health that will help with my mental resiliency my my mental priming like everything that is underneath that umbrella so i see it as the umbrella term for really anything you're doing for the the health and performance of your mind okay okay so beyond journaling what are other examples of things that you can do to get mentally fit so to speak or i guess more mentally fit yeah absolutely I mean, there's definitely visualization, I think, is a big one. Um, I mean, that one is, is easy to relate back to athletes. You know, we see that played out all the time. But if you're, 
you know, if you're about to give a virtual presentation or an in-person presentation or about to jump on a big podcast, I mean, you could also visualize how you want that person to feel or those people to feel on the other side. You know, how, what does that look and feel like? And then you're priming your mind to go down that path. I mean, that's one. I also like to, and I, I'd be curious what you're doing too, because I mean, you're, you're a pro in this space as well, but I like to stack these practices together. So I'll do breath work, for example, in the morning, maybe do a round of like Wim Hof's breath work. And in the breath holds, I'll do the visualization for how I want to feel today. Hmm. Or I'll link in any big goals I may have and achieving those goals. And, and again, close as I'm holding for the, I think now I'm close to three minutes. Thanks, Wim. <laughs> as I'm holding, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something as well, right? When it comes to mental fitness. In terms of what I do to be mentally fit, yeah. I would say that my practice is pretty much don't touch my phone until I'm like about to leave my apartment for the morning. So most mornings, my fitness routine takes me outside, whether that's running or cycling. So that's thing number one. Uh, but in conjunction during that period of time where I'm not holding onto my phone or using it, I will journal first thing in the morning while my Nespresso makes in the other yes. room. I'm also doing uh, now using the core meditation trainer uh, from Hyperice. I really like this. So I'm doing okay. a meditation guided breathwork sort of scenario for between five and eight minutes. And then recently I haven't been doing, I wouldn't say that I'm doing breathwork, but uh, I'm navigating through an injury at the moment. And as a part of that treatment practice, talking about breath and how it activates certain muscles has really had me breathing in a different way for the first time, maybe ever. And being really conscious of breathing into my belly and like getting yeah. in those full deep breaths. And yeah. so for me, after I like get the coffee and I'm done with the meditation, I'll like sit down for a second and I'll just literally take three deep breaths, like all the way into my belly to this like muscle group that I'm like trying to give a little bit of extra TLC lately, which happens to be in my lower abdomen. And just like telling myself like, all right, it's time to go after whatever this day has in store for me. I, uh, I, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't say that I'm like a huge positive affirmations person, but I am like a realist and I'm confident in like what I'm about to go after in the world. So something yeah. as simple as saying to myself, like I am capable, I've got this, not maybe yeah. something like you are the best thing ever. Like that's not necessarily where I'm going with my affirmations, but Hey, to each their own. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's whatever works. I mean, for me, I share something similar with the coffee and same with an espresso uh, as that's brewing. I mean, just again, even being present to that whole experience, you smell the coffee, you can see it. And I typically either read a passage from Ryan Holiday's book, The Daily Stoic, just to, you know, have a mind or a perspective shift usually, usually in terms of whatever is going on in my life scene. Well, wait a second. I mean, this is this is played out thousands of years ago I mean, if they hand, can handle it so can i um but the other thing people can try that's so simple is just a one word answer to how do i want to feel today mm. probably not going to say depressed or not motivated or sad i mean you're going to pick something and again i mean it's it's unbelievable something as simple as that how you can really prime your mind to look for those moments of, I want to feel energized or motivated yeah. and whatnot, right? And the more yeah. you do that in the morning where, where you have a little bit more control pre-phone, like you're saying, the more you start intuitively doing it across everything, 
Right, right. right. So, I mean, this sounds like you're hinting at perhaps other reflective exercises that we can use to be mentally fit. The first one you listed off here, choosing your word for the day, how you want to feel, how you want to show up. What's another example of a reflective exercise that someone could indulge in to feel or to boost their mental fitness? Well, one of the easiest, again, is stacking some practices together. But I've been really trying to take even a short walk right after lunch. I mean, there's obvious health benefits and there's like glucose blunting responses that happen in in that while doing that. Um, But during the walk, instead of listening to a podcast or music to actually just walk and be aware of what's, what's around you. And again, the more you're doing that, the more detail you're seeing, then you start seeing and picking up more detail in your work as well, or your daily whatever you're working on, right? You start seeing, oh, okay, this is where, you know, this needs to be changed, or I see this detail. Because you're, you're, there's subtle mental fitness training techniques that over time stack up, just like if you're training for a marathon. I mean, you're doing the work, you're building up to that distance and scaling it back and whatnot, right? It's the same thing when it comes to our mental fitness. Hmm. Okay. So being more present in your day to day, we talk about the benefit of getting outside, talking about this power word. What about, I feel oftentimes, I mean, we mentioned the practice of journaling, which brings about the topic of gratitude. So how does gratitude play into your mental fitness? It's huge. I mean, between gratitude and tapping into the present moment, which usually go hand to hand or hand in hand, I mean, that's where you can literally shift your mind immediately into a from a survival state to a creation state Um, meaning you know survival state fear anxiety not feeling great not motivated to creation state and we're never in both at the same time The, the creation state is when you're motivated and driven excited you feel good you're happy and i mean that's where we do our best work that's where we feel our best we're obviously going to oscillate between both of those. But the thing is, when it comes to a practice like journaling or any of these other reflective practices, the more you're doing, the more you're training your self-awareness so you can pick up, oh, okay, wait a second, I'm in that zone, right? And then you dive into gratitude or just being present and you can pause that narrative. Like I remember when I was deleting the app, I'll never forget this because as terrible as it felt, I remember at the end just thinking, okay, this is probably one of the worst feelings I've ever had in my life. I don't really know what's next. I can't really afford my rent in my house. I don't really want to live in the city. But you know what? I just deleted this app on a laptop that most people in the world don't have access to. Hmm. And that just, you know, that, that grounds you pretty fast and at least cuts the narrative for a few minutes to make some different decisions or do something else to, to pull you out of that spiral. Um, because we're all, I mean, let's be honest, we're all best-selling or New York Times best-selling authors when it comes to our internal narratives. I mean, they feel so real, right? Most of the time, I mean, those stories don't come to fruition. Taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about my sponsors. First up, my friends at RevTown. RevTown is an inherently naturally inclusive brand that makes denim for all shapes and styles. I am obsessed with RevTown's jeans and their mission is to make your favorite 
pair. This fall, mid-month, they're releasing new styles. And in releasing those styles, they're aiming to deliver a broader selection of styles that work for many different body types. Styles that are trendy without trying too hard, using premium innovative fabrics that deliver upon that great fit, comfort, and quality that we all crave within our jeans. If you follow me on social, you may have caught me doing some squat in my RevTown jeans the other night. They move with you, is what I'm trying to say here. I'm obsessed with them. I think you will be too. Head on over to RevTownUSA.com slash hurdle to check them out for yourself. Again, this is RevTown, R-E-V-T-O-W-N-U-S-A.com slash hurdle to check out their denim today. Also want to give some love to my friends at Baron Fig. Baron Fig is actually the publisher of Mark's book. So obviously this is how we got introduced and I've talked about them on the show before. You know that I am a Baron Fig addict. I absolutely love what they call their tools for thinkers, which include everything from beautiful cloth bound notebooks to the smoothest writing pens I have ever used. I'm also super amped on my Baron Fig carrying case that I'm going to be using here on my trip to Italy. Regardless, I love the company. I love their products and I know that you will too. Of course, they have an awesome deal for the Hurdle listeners. Use the code HURDLE21 at baronfig.com slash hurdle to get 20% off your purchase today of $25 or more. Again, that is HURDLE21 at checkout to get 20% off your order of $25 or more at baronfig.com slash hurdle. That's baronfig.com slash hurdle. that perspective shift, it can be really hard to get there. And it's not, you know, abnormal if someone has trouble getting there right away. In fact, it would be odd if you instantly went through a massive hurdle and you were like, wow, this is so great that this unexpected bad thing is happening in my life. Like, I'm so happy about it. Of course not. It's not going to go like that. But you then, after you feel all the feelings and deal with those things and digest the experience, have the choice. And that's what this show is all about, to figure out how you're going to move on and how you can shift that perspective to take these learnings from, again, the unexpected. Yeah. So, and here's one thing anyone can do in any of these, these hurdle moments is just take time now, whether that's right during the show or after, but just write down five or 10 things or activities or people that, you know, without any shadow of a doubt, will put a smile on your face. I mean, I was defaulting to that list all the time. As soon as things came up, I knew that, okay, if I go for a run, I'm going to feel better. So you default to that list, or Mm -hmm. maybe it's going to visit an art gallery and taking in art or it's a walk or it's meditation or journaling. But again, even just, and it goes back to that example of the, of the guy I was talking about who had the suicidal thoughts, like he had that list, right? He knew he had access to that. And sometimes just knowing we have that, that, that list or those tools gives us the confidence to really navigate those tough moments. On the show, we call that the joy list. <laughs> yes. I, I write about it and call it the happiness list in the there book. We go. So. There we go. There we go. Okay. So, I mean, we've covered a bunch of different strategies here to boost your mental fitness. Is there anything else that we haven't yet touched on? Yes. Because I, and I'm, I'm guilty of this all the time. I always talk about journaling from this perspective of 
we're dealing with something that's traumatic or emotionally charged or whatever it is. And, you know, we can leverage these practices to pause and get out of it, which, which is obviously super useful. But then there's the whole other side of this when it comes to possibility. And I, I think of a lot of people I've interviewed in the past and just changing the language of or leveraging the language of imagine if X was possible or imagine if I did this, for example, just using that language and, you know, related to a project or something that you want to do in your life, right away, you eliminate all the barriers because you're using your imagination. There's no rules there, but it, it unlocks a whole other way of thinking and, and, you know, a creativity that then again, puts our mind into the state of possibility. And then all right. of a sudden we can start mapping uh, different plans and, and actions or tasks and strategies and whatnot and work our ways to, towards whatever we're, you know, we're setting our, our goals or objectives to. I think oftentimes when something feels off, like we know that something feels off, but it's like making the decision to do something about it. So yeah. for someone who might feel off, but may not want to admit to themselves that like their mental fitness, so to speak, is lacking, like what even is like a diagnostic moment that you have where you're like, man, I really could be a little bit more mentally fit here? Yeah. Well, I mean, the the question that that anyone can ask and that's in that case to really diagnose what's up is what am I pretending not to know? Ooh. Right? I mean, what comes to mind automatically that, that's I think most can relate to and myself included is nutrition, right? We know when we're eating like garbage or not. We know what we put in our, we're either fueling health or disease. It's one of the two essentially. But, you know, we, we ignore certain points of that. And there's so many, there's, there are relationships that we pretend that, you know, we're good in the past, but maybe have fizzled out and that's okay. But we, we haven't let that, you know, relationship go then that just creates more mental fog and mental takes up mental real estate, which affects everything else. So, you know, just spending some time. And I think the biggest thing with any of these prompts or these practices is just to go in and, and set some kind of rules of engagement for yourself. You know, there's no judgment here. This is a judgment-free zone. Write down the answer to those questions. Don't judge your answers. Don't worry about grammar. Don't worry about this. Just let out exactly how you're feeling. Don't filter anything. Right. right and then, right. you know, then you're, you're being true to yourself, which ends up showing up with others as well. For someone who feels as though they are game on with getting in on their mental fitness game, they start the journaling, they do the meditation, they're all about this self-inquiry, then they fall off the wagon. What advice do you have for them when it comes to getting back on and the judgment that can go hand in hand with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it comes back to just cutting ourselves some slack. I mean, we're so hard on ourselves, right? Like if you think of your, how you would speak to your best friend or some of your closest family members and then how we speak to ourselves, they're usually wildly different. So just first acknowledging that and saying, you know, and releasing that, that judgment and that language and, and just maybe setting an intention for yourself that, you know what, I'm going to be, I'm going to be kind to myself. I'm going to allow myself to restart this whole, you know, my practices, but also, you know, set yourself up for success and not failure. Don't, it doesn't have to be this reintroduce, reintroduction of all like an hour of mental fitness or exercise or whatever it is, right? Maybe it's just during that, while that coffee is brewing, setting that intention, doing that for seven days and then 
continuing forward. Even the way I wrote the book, I mean, the whole idea behind it was, um, even though people seem to be reading it through, I'm like, just slow it down. I mean, read the introduction, but then just pick a profile a morning. They're five to 10 minutes max. And that could be your mental fitness, mm. right? And then from that, and I'm not, you know, the, the book is one example, but any anything that resonates with you and taking a look at your actual routine today, where can you leverage something or bring something in or stack it onto something you're already doing so that you have mo- the most chances of actually sticking with it, right? Right. And then as you know, you, it just starts to blossom from there. And then you start feeling the benefits of that. You start seeing the results and you continue forward. Yeah. I mean, I think the starting small tip, whether or not you've fallen on the bandwagon or you're trying to get on it to begin with, is just the most important, important tip in terms of don't take on more than you can chew, especially at the beginning, because that intro work, that few minutes a day is what does open up the gateway for anyone to start feeling better in their routine, right? And when you start to experience that, then you have the opportunity to build on it and build build on it intelligently. That doesn't mean that, you know, you nail three minutes of mental fitness a day and then you're like, all right, I'm ready to tack on another 20. Like that's not really realistic. Yeah. But if you can start to experience the benefits from those three minutes and then add on another one or two and that continues over time, then that's probably a better strategy for you to make this a constant and regular part of your routine. Yeah. Well, and and again, like when I deleted the app, it's not like the four years of interviews and practices just vanished from my mind, but I was so clouded by fear and uncertainty that my only step was to dial into the present moment, some gratitude to restart those practices. So, you know, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I had the whole toolkit there. But even for myself, I mean, start small and, and just start building it up. And, and you know, now I'm back to a point where um, my like my morning time for my mental fitness and physical fitness is it takes a lot to move that that period in my, in my morning because it, you know, it's about an hour that basically dictates the the next 23 hours of the day. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's really important to recognize as well. Right. Because like, it could feel like this amount of time that you're trying to dedicate towards your mental and your physical and your physical, as you group them together could be, you know, a large chunk, so to speak. But again, that time period in the morning is actually what impacts the rest of your time in the day. And I don't need to tell, you know, the people listening to this show that I know that all of these individuals are people that want the best for themselves and for their health, but getting started, obviously a huge hurdle, finding a routine that works for you, a hurdle and sticking with it also a hurdle, but knowing that you're not the only person that's trying to overcome these on your quest to be a little bit better every day. Well, that can be, you know, kind of comforting as well. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. where the stoicism came in. I remember I wrote a profile on Marcus Aurelius and he's talking about, you know, people, you know, working towards a vacation. I mean, this is thousands of years ago, right? We're all, you know, things haven't changed that much, but we we all have the decision or the ability to decide how to process, you know, what we're, fe- what, we're um, what we're feeling and what we're experienced with. And others have done it before. I'm not inventing questions. I'm not inventing these practices, but I'm trying to bring a narrative that's relatable to all of us. What do you think is one of the most important questions that someone can ask themselves when it comes to establishing a mental fitness routine? Well, I, I really think it comes back to what you're calling the, the joy list. I mean, what makes you happy? 
you know, what puts a smile on your face? Uh, what puts you in a flow state where, you know, time slows and you feel really lit up by your work? It's not to say that we're going to be on this 24-hour happiness fest, but I mean, at least we know the things that will put us into that state. And especially when it comes to flow states, I mean, there's some serious science behind this. If, you, if you're in a flow state, um, and this is coming from Stephen Kotler over at the Flow Research Collective, I mean, those effects can show up three days after you've been in a flow state. So again, if you're trying to do really creative work or strategic work, I mean, jumping into, I don't know what your what your flow states may be. When I was writing the book, I was trying to get a couple snowboard r- runs in on my writing days, knowing that that would really help the afternoon of writing. Hmm. And, you know, that wasn't a, a, a crazy, I went twice. I mean, I, I happened to live near a ski hill. So, you know, going for two runs is not a huge deal, but I could achieve that too for, by going for a 20 minute run or something, right? Just like find what works for you and just make sure that those moments are in there in your day. And they may feel like at first that, okay, that's not helping my productivity or the check off tasks off your list. But actually, you know, it really is affecting your quality of work. I know that we reference doing a lot of these mental fitness tools, tricks, habits, completing them in the morning, but mental fitness isn't something that just has to happen first thing in the day. So what do you have to say about that and timing pending on every individual? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. That's a real journey. I mean, I've, I've noticed myself go uh, on that journey. I'm sure you've been there as well, but and we're really surrounded by this stuff. So I would say first, obviously not everyone's a morning person, but I mean, statistically speaking, odds are you have the, the best chance of success if you can own that morning right before work and phones and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'd highly recommend starting there. But then what happens, at least what I've noticed, is that I'll go to any of those practices whenever they're needed. If something comes up in the middle of the day or if I have a call or something that, you know, just rocks me emotionally, I know that three minutes of breath work and a meditation app or I use Oak meditation for breath work, I know it immediately resets my frame of mind. Or I'll journal on what's going on just to find clarity and in terms of what I'm trying to plan out, for example. And I'm really not as concerned about where I'm journaling. You know, that's the other thing, right? We need to keep it all in one, you know, one pen to paper. It doesn't necessarily matter as long as you're doing the practice, which is the reflection, right, for journaling. Not judging that experience too harshly. Yeah, exactly. So many, so many many good tips here. Mark, when it comes to uh, what excites you right now, what you're looking forward to, aside from this book launch, give it to me. The, the thing that I'm most excited for, the unknown that is starting to develop, you know, the unknown of what's going to happen with this book and everything that's linked to it and the unknown, you know, linking up with people like yourself and having these conversations, whereas before that would have been fear of the unknown, for example. And now I'm just, I just feel really aligned with the work yeah. and I'm excited about it because I know I can't even think of the, the, the various opportunities that I know will open up because I'm trying to be really clear going into the whole process, right? Yeah. So then, you know, then I can, oh yeah, this makes sense. Go down this path, for example. So I'm excited for that. 
I love that. I love that. Well, there's so many great tips and tools that we chatted about when it comes to establishing a mental fitness routine. How can the hurdlers continue to follow along with you, get new tricks and tips from you and keep up with your everyday life? Because give us all of the details. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for lovely questions and your time. I mean, the easiest place uh, is just my personal website, behindthehuman.com. I'll have links to uh, my podcast as well as where they can get the book. I mean, Baron Fig's website as well, baronfig.com. There's a, a whole tab there for personal Socrates and they're just, they've been just so awesome to work with. So yeah, I mean, that's essentially where you can find me. I'm, I'm super accessible. So shoot me a <laughs> message. I would love to know which questions uh, unrelated to the book or related if you'd like, but which questions have helped you on your journey and, and which ones you reflect on on a frequent basis. I love it. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. Mm-hmm.